0: Welcome to The Light Within, a podcast for anyone seeking to rewrite their life, live in their light, and align with their soul's highest purpose. I'm Leslie Draffin. I'm a certified microdosing practitioner, menstrual cycle coach, and feminine embodiment mentor. And I'm on a mission to break taboos around women's bodies, periods, and psychedelics. On this show, we're exploring all things spirituality, sexuality, mysticism, and empowerment. Come along as I interview other coaches, teachers, healers, and thought leaders about all the ways we can feel more tuned in, turned on, and lit up AF. If you're on a journey towards self-discovery, you've come to the right place. This is The Light Within. Hello, beautiful beings, and thank you so much for joining me for this episode of The Light Within. Today, I am so excited to have with us on the show, Catherine. Ducey. This conversation is one that I feel like every woman needs, especially if your inner mean girl is loud AF. You see the title, you know, silencing your inner critic with love. And Catherine has this beautiful way, not only of explaining her own struggles with her inner critic, but of helping you understand how to meet that inner voice with compassion. Catherine is a motivational speaker, a storyteller, and a master life coach who for over a decade has been on a journey to understand why humans struggle so much while also learning to face and forgive adversity in her own life. Catherine takes a gentle, somatic, and trauma-informed approach to support thousands of women around the world to see the full picture of who they are and own their magic once and for all. I know you're going to love this conversation, and you're going to really feel so uplifted listening to Catherine. This episode is also sponsored by my brand new sacred online community, The Sanctuary. Inside the sanctuary, you will connect with other busy women just like you who are learning to combine sensual embodiment with mindful microdosing to tap into their divine feminine energy, claim pleasure as their birthright, and heal the core wounds holding them back from their most ecstatic life, even while working full-time and raising kids. You'll be guided by me along the exact same path I took to come home to my body to actually love myself and to heal the sexual shame that I felt after getting diagnosed with herpes at the age of 18. I know that you're tired AF and that maybe connecting with your pleasure and your body feels about as doable as climbing Mount Everest, but I also know that you know there's so much more to life than just numbing out with Netflix, endlessly scrolling socials, and downing a glass of wine or three, no judgment, so you don't have to feel those uncomfy feelings. And I also know that when you're on the healing journey, it can feel lonely as And so that's why I created The Sanctuary, to help you find your sisters, your special tribe of women who can hold space for you, connect with you, and make you feel supported through the journey that we call life. So if you are ready to confidently claim what you want and watch pleasure awaken the powerful and radiant version of you... While you find your tribe of sacred sisters, I invite you to click the link in the show notes and use the code the light within for one month free inside this sacred community. I cannot wait to see you inside. So, now please join me in welcoming Catherine Ducey to the Light Within podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me, Leslie. So, the first question I love to ask everyone who comes on the show is what ignites your light within?
1: Oh, Hmm. well, let me drop into my heart for a second here. What ignites my light within? Um, Self-compassion. Mm-hmm, definitely. Self-compassion and my self-compassion um, morning altar practice.
0: Mm. Wonderful. Yeah. And yeah. so for folks who are not familiar with you or your work, can you give us a bit of an introduction of yourself and the work that you do?
1: Sure. Yeah. So um, if you aren't a follower of mine, um, I identify as a master life coach. I am somatically trained and, and trauma-informed, and I work with women all over the world to understand why their lives are... Aren't going the way that they might have hoped. Hmm. Um, And why things are showing up the way that they are in relationship, in money, in career, you know, around things like getting pregnant, um, with their families, all that stuff. Why is it all happening for them? And then to understand what is happening beneath the surface, what trauma within the body is still possibly undetected and feelings are unfelt from childhood. Um, I believe in there's a root cause to everything. And I believe it all starts back when we're, you know, between the ages of one and seven, Mm. Um, sometimes in the womb as well, in fact. So birth trauma is a real thing. Um, Yeah. So I support women to unlock their potential and unlock you know what it is that they're actually here to do and how they're meant to serve by healing whatever happened in their childhood um and some people might listen to that and say i had a really great childhood in fact and That is very true. (laughs) I'm sure you did. Um, And even when mom and dad really love us or mom and mom or dad and dad or grandparents or aunts and uncles, um, things just happen. You know, it could have been something that happened in school, bullying, or it could have been um, an unexpected experience that happened outside of the home. Um, it doesn't necessarily mean that there was any, you know, uh, mom and dad didn't love me or my emotional needs weren't met or my physical needs weren't met or my spiritual needs weren't met, although that is part of it. But yeah, for those who are listening, it's not always about, Hey, I, I was neglected by my parents. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much for sharing about that. And I would definitely want to dig deeper into the work you do and especially the work you do around tra- uh, trauma, trauma. Um, as I'm also someone who deals with that as well in a somatic approach, but let's talk a bit more first about what led you to start to do this work either on the personal level or how did you find that this was the, the calling and the path for you?
1: Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, so I, I'll be 42 next week and almost, uh, it's been almost 10 years, 10 years since, um, a significant amount of my hair actually started to fall out. Mm -hmm. And at the time I was in a relationship with a man I'm no longer in a relationship with. And um, it was coming up on that two-year mark, him and I, where I would usually end the relationship. Uh, And this was a pattern that I had been noticing um, since my mid-20s. And there were also some other things that were happening in my life around that time, Leslie, like things just felt kind of chaotic. Mm. Um, I had stacks of credit card bills that were all hiding in a drawer that I refused to open or look at. Mm. Um, There was debt piling up. And on the outside, I was, you know, Operating at a pretty high level in in my my career, and I was very well regarded and people liked me and I was invited places and all that good stuff. I was at three birthday parties a night on a Saturday, and you know very social <laughs> all was well, but on the inside um I didn't know at the time, but I was really suffering mm-hmm. and quite heartbroken over some things that I wasn't even aware of um and a friend, actually, she got really into personal development work. And I'm not sure if you've heard of uh, a community called Landmark. Mm-mm. Okay. It is a global community. And it's a a lot of people who get into personal development work, this is sort of their first foot in. Mm. Um, depending on who is listening, some people might be like, oh, right, that cult. <laughs> and I totally get why people assume that it is a cult. Um, they've done some really interesting things when it comes to selling their 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 services but uh, for me it wasn't cultish at all in fact and a, a really good friend said would you ever consider doing this program that i did you know it really changed my life and not only did i hear her say those words i'd actually i've vi- actually visualized and like been with her as she had gone through it and it was incredible what i was seeing mm. like she just changed and was feeling a lot more peaceful and Yeah, it seemed like she was just like shedding a lot of darkness. So I was like, yeah, I'm going to do this thing. And it was a three-day, 33-hour intensive um, where they put you in like this really cold sort of – What do you want to call it? Like business center, like tenth floor of a business center, call center room, and it's just chairs and someone at the front. And frankly, it actually felt like I haven't been to this, but it kind of felt like if you were to get yourself into like AA or something, Mm -hmm. and which I'm also very you know a huge advocate of the twelve step program. That, um, and they do that all intentionally because they. They don't want you to be too comfortable on Mm -hmm. some aspect and they're working with the body, even though, you know, I didn't know that's what they were doing. And, um, after that three day weekend, I came out and that was my first taste of sort of this like, um, sense of I'm awakening, Mm -hmm. like, holy shit, what I just learned is pretty mind blowing. And how come I didn't know this? And who else doesn't know about this? Mm -hmm. Also, who knows about this? And, you know, that was about 10 years ago now. Um, and that's where things really started for me. Yeah. So it was, it was very interesting.
0: I think it's so fun too, because I had my awakening around that same age. Like Mm -hmm. I just spoke with someone else for the podcast who had very similar situation Um, hers is at like 32, yours is around that same age, 31, 32. So, so fascinating that that seems to be like once, once we pass 30, a lot of us find this deep desire to discover more. Um, especially if we suddenly become very aware of old patterns, maybe we don't even know the name of that. Like maybe we don't even know to call it a pattern, but we just feel un, you know, uneasy in ourselves. Um, and so you you were um, introduced to this new this new way of not only thinking for yourself but to help people as well. And where did you go from there? You know, you say you said when we first chatted that you help women really help see their potential and un- unlock and, and work on trauma that maybe they didn't even see or know. Um, and do you find mm-hmm. that when folks have those types of things in their past, there are certain things they experience? Like, are there commonalities? Is it issues around money? Is it issues around love? Um, is it all of the things? Hmm.
1: Um, how it usually, that's a great question. How, how it presented for me was, and I'll give you sort of a texture because since you like somatics and you like that body stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, so how it was presenting for me was, There was a, so for instance, I wasn't opening my credit card statements for years. So this credit card statement would arrive in my mailbox. I would go to the front. I would pick it up. I would bring it into my home and I would put it in a drawer. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So it was presenting as avoidance. Mm -hmm. And so that was my issue around money was somewhat avoidance, but also somewhat graspy and grippy. Mm-hmm. So there was also some weird stuff around like when I would make it, I would, um, I would like hold on to some of it in weird ways, but then I'd also totally blow a bunch of it. So there was a lot of um, like behavioral stuff going on that was really interesting and it was suffering So how it presents for me was money issues. My hair started falling out very, very high highs and very, very low lows in romantic partnership. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of fighting, a lot of making up, um, you know, and then fighting again. Um, A lot of using my body as a way to get validation from men. Mm -hmm. So um, a lot of casual sex, a lot of that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And from a somatic perspective, internally, there was just a lot of, of um, collapsing and a lot of sort of um, like terror going on and feelings of like really like a lot of pain and guilt and shame. Mm-hmm. So what most people are dealing with is the sensations in their body And then that present, it's got to go somewhere. Energy can't be created. It can't be destroyed. It can only be made into a new form. Mm -hmm. So it's just got to be put somewhere if it's not being felt. So it'll be presented as money issues, career issues, relationship issues, uh, physical, right? So the physical body, um, dis-ease in the body. Uh, but when we get to like, what's going on, it's really an unfelt, it's unfelt feelings from things that have happened in the past or not happened or projections onto you and all that stuff.
0: Yeah. Mm, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I know you were speaking a lot about the fact that, you know, a lot of these things that happened to us happen to us when we we're young. Um, one of the most mind blowing things for me and actually super validating for me was the notion that you can have like pre, like in utero trauma. Because I know that a lot of the stuff that's happened in my life is absolutely linked to the fact that you know I was adopted, my birth mother was twelve, and about six months into the pregnancy with me, she was basically kicked out of her home, and there was a whole lot of other shit that went on. but like I never could when I started to do this work and look back and and really do my subconscious work figure out like where is the scarcity coming from for me, where is this happening like cuz in my co- like cognitive conscious awareness of the life that I've lived after taking breath I'm like okay mm. I can't figure it out then I had heard Peter Levine talk about this in utero and I'm like oh fuck there it is <laughs> there it is and then of course there were other little things you know from the time I was I remember like being 5 and being really scared about money and scared that my dad was going to die who was the provider and and so mm. let's talk a bit more about you know, the effects of childhood trauma on ourselves subconsciously that then presents as adult issues like what you're experiencing. And and I think if folks are listening, and, and I think you said it so beautifully, like nothing bad really ever happened to me, but yet I'm mm-hmm. still experiencing all of these things that are blocking me from what I really know I can achieve and blocking my potential. So what are some of the first things that you recommend beginning with? when you start this work? Because going straight into inner child work can be pretty damn difficult. Um, So I'd love to know what like, are some of the first things that you help people work through and that might help listeners work through?
1: Okay, yeah, it's a really good question. You're right. Uh, I think that, so on my Instagram, what I've done, and this is a technique that I've used for years, is I have pulled back the curtain on my life Mm -hmm. and I will share this is something that happened when I was a kid, and this is what I am realizing impacted me. Or this is something that I didn't that didn't happen, and this is something that impacted me. So my Instagram has sort of been that um, that gateway for people to find themselves in a lot in along the way of my story to be like, oh, whoa, maybe that's what happened, you know? Because it a lot of what how we were raised to us is totally normal, and it and it actually is normal. Like, I don't want to say that it's not, but it, it's kind of like you only know what you know that you know. You don't know what you don't know that you don't know. So everything that happened for me in my childhood, to me, was no issue. Yeah. And it wasn't until I started to listen to other people's stories and, and read books. And um, actually, I, I did end up going to therapy. So I did this whole 33-hour intensive <laughs> weekend. And then I was like, well, shit. <laughs> Who do I talk to now? Yeah. <laughs> and so I found a therapist. And um, I went into her our first session and she said, tell me a little bit about what it was like for you growing up. And I don't remember her name, but I remember being like, well, how much time do you got, Nancy? Like something like that. Mm-hmm. And I took one full hour. I took our whole session and I told her all about my childhood. Mm-hmm. And in the end, she was the very first person that actually used the word trauma with me. <laughs> And she said, my love, you you had a pretty traumatic childhood. Mm-hmm. And I remember looking at her and I remember just absolutely bawling. Because mm-hmm. for the first time, really, like this 33-hour intensive and now this woman, you know, saying, yeah, something's going on here. There's not something missing for you and you're not broken, but mm-hmm. some of your needs weren't met. And I was like, whoa, okay, here we go. So, you know, for most people, they're going to start to hear things on the internet, you know, the holistic psychologist and all that kind of stuff. Great, great profiles to follow. My God, she's just a plethora of knowledge. (laughs) What a gem. Um, I actually saw her once on the beach when I was living in LA. Uh, I was at Venice Beach and I (laughs) just fangirled. I could not go say hello. (laughs) I was like, every ounce of me wants to say hello and does not feel worthy of saying hello to you. Um, I did later send her a little DM. and She's like, oh, I would have loved that. But um, yeah. Anyway, so normally, most of us will get like a little bit of a glimpse through something over Instagram um, and then, you know, we'll find someone who can support us. But what I find is when people start to work with me, the first thing that we start to do is we start to... Um, a lot of women who are attracted to working with me have a very loud inner voice that says a lot of very mean things to themselves mm. about themselves, about their hair, about their face, about their body, about all their stuff. Mm-hmm. And that inner voice that, you know, call it an inner critic or whatever you want to call it, it's it's so freaking loud that they can't actually do the things they want to do because this voice just takes over and says like, you idiot. You, you think this is going to work? You think anyone's going to listen? You know, you're, you're a piece of shit. You're, you're not lovable. You're not enough. You're not doing enough. So the first thing I do is to counteract that. I get them into daily morning rituals and practices that are based in and baked in self-compassion. Mm-hmm. And what I find works is not just quiet meditation. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: It's actually being guided by someone who is speaking in a very loving and nurturing and gentle and kind way. Mm -hmm. That is usually the gateway for most of us, where we go, I've never been spoken to like this before. Is this real? I've never spoken to myself this way. I've never spoken to anybody this way. Whoa. And something changes in the physiology of the mind in that moment. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we talk about in in my work, we talk about how the brain, like there's these neural pathways that have been built up over time. So you've got like a field, let's say, and you've got a house in the middle of the field and you've the whole field is just surrounded by this beautiful, really tall yellow grass or hay, whatever you want to call it. And you've got a pickup truck that takes, you know, goes from the road to the house through the same way every single day, repeating the same path. And that's what it's like for children. You know, that's what our mind, our brain is like when we're being um, programmed as young children. The same thing is being repeated over and over again. The same, uh, the same lessons, the same statements, the same whatever it is. Mom and dad's projections about themselves, and it's happening on a, a repeat basis. So this truck goes back and forth, and eventually you have like a neural pathway. Mm-hmm. Okay, and um, so this is the same thing in your mind. And in order to start to reprogram those neural pathways, we start to take a new place from that road to the house, just a new, we create a new path. And how that's done is, and I find the very, very good way of starting that is through anchoring yourself in a beautiful morning practice and evening um, of self-compassion and guided meditation, where it's all about using words like love and, and gentleness and kindness. Because Many of us, you included, Leslie, you probably know these words, but in the beginning, you didn't actually have a felt sense of what that was. Mm -hmm. Like for me, love, I had no felt sense of what that was. I just threw that word around like it was my job. Mm -hmm. I couldn't wait to tell my next boyfriend, like I love him, but I never actually felt what that felt like. So, you know, through this morning ritual practice, sacred start, whatever you want to call it, um through the repetition of these words and through the what it's baked in this beautiful devotional wave of being new neural pathways start to be developed mm-hmm. in my clients minds and that's where people people start to realize oh i think this is what was missing mm-hmm. this is it it's a softness like it's a compassion it's a all parts of me belong you know the waves of the ocean they all belong you don't just get to pick and choose which wave
0: mm-hmm. you
1: know it all makes up the whole
0: yeah yeah and i think that's why i've found working with psychedelics for myself so beneficial mm-hmm. because it also does so much work with neuroplasticity and helping to rewire and so i love this too because it's you're right like while i haven't worked with you personally or done these sacred starts which is sacred start what you call the morning ritual Because how fucking fabulous is that? Okay. (laughs) So while I haven't done those sacred starts, I'm like, I get what you're saying, especially because that felt sense of self-love. I had an aha moment like six months ago where I was like, oh shit, I do love myself. Like I do get it. Like I, at like 36 years old at this point, I'm like, I finally understand what this actually means. And some days it wavers more so than others, but it's like, oh, I finally get it because you know, when I first started this journey about five years ago, it was all of the love yourself and body positivity. And I have a very long history of eating issues. And, and I'm like, I not, could not comprehend, did not compute. And so I love your analogy about the, the house and the field um, and how that really can start to like we can get to the house a bunch of different fucking ways. We just choose to go this one way because that's what we know until we start to have that felt sense of those other things. Fantastic. And so, let's talk about you talk a lot also about moving through oh, like things like forgiveness and and self-hatred and why it's really hard for women, I think, to forgive ourselves. Like God if, mm-hmm. I, if I oh my god, that's like the hardest thing. <laughs> Like forgiving other people, sure, maybe, but like, forgive myself way harder time. So let's talk a bit about forgiveness in general. Why do you think it's hard for us to forgive? and you also say there's like an addiction to a lack of forgiveness. So what's that about?
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. And I only discovered all of this through my own experience yeah. um and through my own life experience, uh, so. And then I just started to see it in everybody, and you know, once you see, a, once you buy a Hyundai, you see all the Hyundais on the road. <laughs> it's just like, holy shit, everyone's got a Hyundai. <laughs> uh, well, everyone's having issues forgiving themselves, I can tell, and everyone's kind of addicted to that texture of like not forgiving themselves. So, why is forgiveness important? Um, Forgiveness, in and of itself, like there's a felt sense to it, um, that of which I did not have experience with. I did not grow up in a home where we said sorry. Mm-hmm. Things were just totally like we just buried it, and there you go. I can count on one hand where I might have heard my mom apologize. Mm-hmm. Um, and so forgiveness, in and of itself, is actually a felt experience. Mm-hmm. It's, an, it's kind of like a – it has a texture to it, right? It's got a sensation to it. Um, so in and of itself, there's actually like a practice of, of feeling what it feels like first. But why – let me back up. There was a lot of shit that I had done before I went to therapy mm-hmm. and after. <laughs> and after. that, And, and Landmark, that I – felt really ashamed about. Um, a lot of that had to do with how much I had used my body as a way to connect with men. And, you know, casual sex was apparently my jam and I'd gotten into drugs and I'd gotten into to drinking pretty heavily, um, so overspending, like all this stuff. And I remember, you know, the concept of, well, Catherine... Maybe you want to like forgive yourself for that. Like you did the best that you could at the time. But see, I didn't actually believe that I did the best that I could mm. at the time. Mm-hmm. I didn't really actually believe that. I was like, no, I'm a piece of shit. <laughs> and I did that because I'm really bad and I'm really wrong. And um, I wasn't doing the best that I could at the time. So when we're working with someone who has like a really tough go with with forgiveness, um, it's really about um, starting to connect with more of your heart and, and seeing that you, what you end up doing is truly an act of self-preservation and protection. Mm. All right. So I actually was able to connect to that. That I could get my head around.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, yeah, I was trying to protect myself. That makes a lot of sense. And if I didn't protect myself, what would have happened? So bad stuff might happen to me. So in fact, what I was doing was saving myself at the time. Mm. Wow, I can definitely get my head around that one. Yeah. Okay, so I can I can be a little more forgiving about that. Oh, okay, got it. Um, but for, for me and what I find from a lot of women too, it's that those of us who grew up in chaos and dysfunction, And those of us who have operated at such a level of um, intensity and hyperactivity, there is a feeling of safety in that because that's what I know. It's all I know. I don't know anything else until I actually feel what it feels like to be peaceful and calm and all that. So. My – this sort of like um, sense of addiction to um, not forgiving (laughs) was because my nervous system was so um, used to operating at such a chaotic level that had I forgiven myself – it's kind of like going to, to rehab and then just removing the drug like right away. Mm-hmm. It's like, holy shit, you go through withdrawal that is incredibly intense and you're know you you're not sure if you're going to make it. And it's a very scary, very dark time. Um, and so that's why I say like forgiving yourself, can it can almost be like an addiction to not because it's kind of like going to rehab and taking the drug away. Mm-hmm. It has to be over a gradual period of time. And it first really starts with anchoring yourself in, you're not a bad person and you were, but most people can't believe that in the beginning, but what you did actually saved your life. When someone said that to me, I went, oh my God, that's really empowering. Mm -hmm. That feels really beautiful. I can get my head around that. And then through time, over time, I was able to get to a place of, I am not bad, (laughs) like at all wow, why did I even ever think that? And now I know why, but yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: And I think it's really common for a lot of women, especially at some point in our life to like really have some self-hatred. Like I, I, mm-hmm. I know, obviously, like there were certainly times in my teens and 20s when I would have very much identified as that, but was numbing it out so much that I probably would have only said, you know, I don't really like myself. Not that I like deeply hate myself. So do you think that a lot more people are carrying around self-hatred than want to admit it? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Definitely. Um, not because, well, because I've worked with, you know, a couple thousand women at this point. And when we start to, when I start to give them permission to really go at it. Yeah. I'm like, what's the voice saying, babe? And it, you know, nine times out of 10, it's pretty nasty. Mm-hmm. It's pretty gnarly. Um, and how we identify it, it's actually a really neat thing that I do. So it's not, hey, babe, what's going on in your head? Because there's something in there that's protecting you from telling me. Mm. There is a protective layer. It's like, you know, there's something there that's saying, don't tell her. Yeah. <laughs> danger. uh, Not a good idea. She might judge you. But what we do instead is I will have someone do an exercise where I'm like, what is something that's really fucking bothering you right now about this person? Mm. I don't know if I'm actually allowed to swear on your show. Oh, we are. I just realized. Okay, good. (laughs) I'm like throwing around F-bombs like crazy. I'm like, (laughs) Um, so I'll ask them like, what is something that's just true? really driving you crazy, like outside of yourself right now. And they might say, well, and maybe it's a mom, right? And she's like, well, you know, Nancy on you, on uh, Instagram, she's got three kids and she's got this really good looking husband and they've got this really great life and they go on trips and, you know, they're really clean eaters and all this stuff. And it just seems like Nancy's just got it like made. Yeah, And I'm like, great, let's enter through that. What do you think about Nancy? Let's see if we can sort of like extrapolate some of these these judgments and in the beginning, it's kind of nice well, you know she must be nice for her, you know her parents probably had money or something, or you know she's so good looking that that's why okay, yeah, let's keep going. Let's go a little deeper. Yeah, well, you know she's a she's a bit of a fucking annoying person. I find her to be a little bit annoying and uh, I find her kids to just be so fucking perfect that I want to throw something at them. And then suddenly now we're at this place in their mind where I'm like, okay, we've hit the inner critic. Mm -hmm. And how that works in psychology is whatever you're saying about someone else, you are saying to yourself about yourself. Mm -hmm. So we just do a spot at you got it. And we sort of lightly start turning it inward, and we ah. So can you hear yourself saying yourself about that about yourself? Whoa! I had no idea. Yes, but it's kind of subtle, and it's kind of quiet, and it's protected by so many other parts of you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: I love that. You spot it. You got it. Like, ha! Spot, yes, you got absolutely. It. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and so, but. You know, we've talked a lot about some of the, you know, more mindset e type of tricks, and then also about some of the somatics. Like, why is the mindset work that is so top of mind on Instagram right now? Like, just not enough. Like, sure, you can do the spot that you got it, and you can start to like dissect the things that you're thinking about others, which you're turning on yourself. But when it comes yeah. to actually helping ourselves feel better and move through these things, why do we have to go to the body?
1: Yeah. Um. Well, there's a really beautiful thing that I say, and it's the issues are in the tissues. Mm-hmm. And I love that. That's another really fun one. Um and I think the answer is found in the question. If the if the solution was all this just stuff that's on showing up on Instagram on someone's grid and in someone's reel, <laughs> that you could just repeat to yourself, no one would be coming to me and no one would be coming to you, and you know, no one would be going to landmark or going to my my past uh, uh therapist. So, and this is all, you know, once you understand the body, um, the mind and the body, they work in conjunction with one another and feelings, energy, emotions are energy in motion. Mm -hmm. It's energy and your whole body is energy and all of this gets stored in your body. So you can try to tell yourself as much as you want that you are a healed person and that you are conscious and that, you know, you've forgiven your parents and all that kind of stuff. But unless you've actually had like a felt sense of feeling what you didn't get to feel as a child, because energy has to be felt. If not making this stuff up <laughs> this is science um, unless you actually feel it you will you will still feel like you're just operating like above the shoulders mm-hmm. right neck up um, so there's a great book you probably aren't even thinking about the name of it uh, oh what is it everybody loves it and it's something that it's found the the principle of it is basically like uh, the issues are in the tissues and you have to feel it in order to, to release it. Yeah. Um, So I love mindset work. I think it's incredible. I'm a terrific mindset coach and I've mindset myself for the last 10 years, but for the first five years, I was only mindset and I was still very stuck and leaking anger everywhere and still issues with alcohol and numbing with overspending and angry with my mother and spewing it out all over the internet. So, yeah.
0: (laughs) And so you talked about your sacred star. You've also spoken before, especially on your Instagram about evening practices too. Um, Mm -hmm. And so Can you talk us through a little bit about like why we need both or do you think we need both an evening and a morning practice and, and how can we do those practices in ways that feel doable? Because sometimes I know that it's just like one more fucking thing. Like, give me a break.
1: Totally. Yeah. I get a lot of people who come to me actually, and they're like, do I got to do this? I've, you know, I'm a mom. I have children, you know, like I, I personally don't right now. I have a stepdaughter, and, but I no longer am with my husband and I'm not living with my stepdaughter anymore. But, you know, when I had Carson, that was a thing. Yeah. Oh my God. Okay. Carson, I got to get her up and get her ready for school and, you know, all of her routines and stuff and stuff like that. So I I know, I know the texture of that and I know the version of that. Mm-hmm. So everyone's going to be a little bit different. Everyone's going to be a little bit different. And I don't treat anybody, any two people the same yeah. that come to see me. Everything that I curate, all protocols are based on my first two meetings with them, our first two sessions where I go, okay, here's where we're at. And I start to sort of examine and observe their life mm-hmm. and what would be an okay like start for them. Because you're right. It can be a lot and sometimes some of these programs, they, like, they get drilled down to your, like, down your throat, and you feel bad if you're not, you know doing the work, yeah. and then you're like, "I'm a really bad person, and was this worth it? And did I just waste this money? And is there something wrong with me, and am I missing like all that shit? <laughs> so 10 years ago, if you had have asked me to do a sacred start, I would have laughed at you. There's no way. There's no way I don't even understand what the point of all of it is. And I think that's the next point. Yeah. So if you followed me for a while on Instagram, you have watched how my life has transformed dramatically since I started to do my morning and evening routines. Mm. And If you've been a a loyal follower of me, you know that that's what's really supported me. Mm -hmm. So you know that if you come and you work with me, that's going to be a big part of it. We can't avoid it because I truly believe in this. Now, do I believe in other things as well or that there are other things that other coaches are doing that are really helpful? Absolutely. Mm A hundred percent I do. And I really support those people. And sometimes I'll even do a discovery and I'll say to a, a uh, potential client, I don't think I'm the right fit. Mm-hmm. You might want to go and check out Leslie, mm-hmm. you know? So um, mm-hmm. that is a big thing for me. I really truly believe that if you are someone who has really dealt with a lot of self-hatred mm-hmm. and a very low self-esteem and low self-worth, the way through that is to develop a felt sense of love and self-compassion, mm-hmm. And the perfect time to do that is when you wake up in the morning mm-hmm. and then before you go to bed and then you get to soak that up for the rest of the, for your sleep. So that is just a belief that I hold. But when I do work with people, I get it. And I will be, you know, you know, willing to compromise on some things, but most people find me on Instagram and they know she's gonna, she's gonna do the sacred start. I'm doing a sacred start. (laughs) And I've watched how she's transformed literally, like before my eyes. So there's gotta be some credibility in this thing. Yeah. You know?
0: And so how can people work with you? What do you have going on right now? And, and Mm -hmm. uh, how can they connect?
1: Yeah. So. I have been on a hiatus for a year because I went through a divorce and that rocked me to the core. I had no idea what was going to be on the other side of this. (laughs) I I was totally in denial, let me tell you. And it rocked me so much financially, emotionally, um, spiritually. Uh, Actually, I wouldn't say it rocked me spiritually. I think actually it, it Uh, my spiritual practice strengthened Mm. because it was all that I had, you know, I didn't grow up with any sort of like in any sort of belief system. I am baptized. I am Catholic, but I don't even know what that means. I didn't know what that meant. Okay, Um, okay, great. (laughs) Um, And so I, I really like my, my sacred practice really deepened in the last year, but everything else All these identities that I had built up, they really came to a head in my marriage as they do, Mm -hmm. and also becoming a parent, Mm -hmm. you know how that works? That really just like mirror after mirror after mirror of all your stuff. And so I was so rocked coming out of that and then entered into this post-divorce or post-separation phase where I was... um, pretty numb in the beginning, um, which was totally a self-preservation. You know, the first stage of grief is denial. I was in total denial, Was still in touch with my ex-husband, you know, for six months, we were going back and forth and do we do this again? Do we not? And yeah. oh boy. Um, it was, it was a lot. And to the point where I couldn't really show up for my community, my light was so dim. Mm-hmm. You can just, you can just sense it. Right. And, um, Financially, things had just really fallen apart because I am the brand yeah. and I'm not not attracting anything. So ended up moving in with my folks mm. at the age of 41. I got out of my lease in Mexico City moved in with my parents. My parents and I did not have a relationship for the last few years. So that was also really um, quite tender. And so you asked me, how can people work with me right now? Well, what's incredible is I've just gone on this wild journey of like self-discovery and dismantling tons of different identities. And to the point where I finally feel like, whoa, I feel more like myself than I have since I was, like, since I was a kid.
0: Mm.
1: Like, like we're all here right now, like all the parts and they all have like a voice Mm -hmm. and I see her and I feel her here and, and I'm really dialed into my highest self. So, one of the things <clears throat> that I know people are very intrigued about is how did you rise after such a crushing like divorce that just totally brought you to your knees and all that stuff? What did you do? Because right, I'm, I definitely you can sense that I've come out of this, and you know, with fifty percent of the population experiencing divorce, yeah. and me having literally, I sat with this every day for six months at my parents' place. So I lived with them for three months and the three months after while living alone and was like, what the fuck happened? Yeah. And what is happening for other people? Why is it? And where does it start? Mm-hmm. So I got to the bottom of what was what really, what I truly believe is going on from a real core level and from a real like starts young in childhood. Like I can almost predict if someone's going to get married and get divorced at this point. <laughs> And I feel really like I feel really anchored in that, and so I'm like, oh, okay, I've got something here, you know. So I am putting together something for women who are either considering divorce or who are in the throes of it mm-hmm. to help them navigate this time because there is no playbook. Mm-hmm. And honestly, my my wisdom and my suggestion is milk it. Mm. Don't run. I'm celibate still. I've been single for a year. I've not I've not been physical or intimate with anybody. I've been basically sober. I've had natural wine a couple of times, handful of times. Yeah. I cut everything out because I was like, if we're gonna milk this, we gotta go all in. And I have to take away all the like ways that I will escape mm-hmm. this. So there's this thing that's being birthed right now, and it feels it feels deeply personal, but it also feels very universal mm-hmm. and quite global. And I feel like I'm operating right now on on behalf of of the collective. And so there's something beautiful that's coming. So we'll share that link. Yes. I'm sure it's going to be available by the time that this gets released. I think it's in Jan or Feb. Yeah. Um, otherwise, I you know I've got this wonderful newsletter where I'm I'm doing a lot of truth talking right now. I'm telling the story like. This time last year, Chris and I were actually in Mexico City. He came for my birthday, but we were separated. And he did a beautiful post about me on my birthday. And then hours later, took it down. Mm-hmm. And lots of people follow him. So there's a lot of like, I haven't talked about any of this stuff. Yeah. People are like, that was confusing. So I've got this beautiful newsletter where I welcome people into the behind the scenes. Um, and then I still have a very strong one-on-one practice where I work with women for six months. We journey together. It's very beautiful. It's, um, you know, it's somatic, uh, very somatically. Um, We do a beautiful like somatic balance and mindset balance. Um, I write a beautiful protocol for them. We do a three-day intensive together as well. And it's life-changing. And my whole business was mostly Mm one-on-one for the first five years. And then I decided to start uh, developing programs which have also been very, very impactful for people.
0: Awesome, yeah. Well, I will put yeah. links to your Instagram, and we can do a newsletter link to in the show notes, and of course, we'll have more details about the divorce, divorcee program that you're birthing as well, Catherine. Thank you so much for coming on. Is there anything else that you want to share that I didn't ask you about? Hmm.
1: You know, this is going to come out after the holidays, mm-hmm. so if it's in January. It's such an interesting time for us, um, it can be. It's gonna it be an interesting time for the next few months, mm-hmm. especially around topics like divorce, separation, family, mm-hmm. love, you know, so, and in the new year I know that can be a little bit of a tender time for people. So um, my my wish and my hope for you or whoever's listening right now is that you can bring, you know, a, a gentle kindness to yourself and to your heart. Mm-hmm and um to remind yourself that you belong Mm -hmm. all of you belong you know all of you is welcome and if you ever need a reminder (laughs) send me a little dm i'm so 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 great at responding and i just want everybody to know that they're safe and that it's safe to be who
0: they are yeah beautiful thank you so much for coming on the show you're
1: welcome thank
0: you leslie I hope you guys loved that conversation with Catherine. Make sure you check out all of her links below. You can also find me on social media at Leslie Draffen and at the Light Within Podcast. Shoot me an email, hello at LeslieDraffin.com. I would love to hear from you. Also, make sure you take advantage of joining the Sanctuary for free for one month with that code The Light Within, as my thank you to you as one of my loyal listeners. Have yourself a wonderful week and remember There's no light without darkness, but there's no darkness without light. I'll see you next time, babe.